What's going on, everyone? It's Lee McKinney. Welcome back to The Art of the Breakdown, episode five. The Art of the Breakdown is my MMA show. We'll go over fight cards before they happen. We'll, uh, we'll go over them after they're finished. I will tell you my thoughts on each round, you know, where the fighters go from there, things of that nature. Uh, so welcome. Um, today we're talking about UFC 260. This is Francis Ngannou versus Stipe Miocic. Uh, I was able to see the main card for this one, so we'll go over that one today. Uh, first fight on the card was, uh, the opening fight in the main event, I should say, was a lightweight bout between Jamie Malarkey and Kama Worthy. The first round was short and sweet, and if I had to give a reason for it, I would attribute it to Malarkey's feints. He was uh, high energy, he had tons of movement, tons of feints, and at about a minute in, the feint is what did it for him. He feints with a right uh, and knocks out Kama Worthy with a left to the jaw. Worthy went down. Malarkey followed with some ground and pound before the ref stopped in, uh, stepped in, stopped the fight. Uh, but it was over, I believe, you know, the second that left hit hit Worthy's jaw. At this point, though, neither fighter is ranked. Uh, both their options are wide open. Um, so I'm very interested to see what they do with Jamie Malarkey next. And uh, yeah, it was exciting. Anytime you get a first round finish, everyone's kind of excited to see what their next move is. Unranked or not, the kid, uh, I shouldn't say kid, uh, the gentleman seems to have a, a bright future. Second fight on the card was Jillian Robertson versus Miranda Maverick. This was a flyweight bout. Round one was great. Uh, majority of it was spent on the feet, where I personally feel like Miranda Maverick had more composure. Uh, she, uh, her forward pressure, her combinations kept Jillian in reverse for the majority of the, of the round. Uh, Miranda had a couple great takedowns, including one at the end of the round to finish it off. And that always, you know, you, you finish a round on top and that's going to sit well with the judges. So it was one to zero Maverick going into round two. Round two started just the same until Robertson got a beautiful takedown, and it seemed like she felt much more comfortable on the ground on top, as do most fighters, but Jillian really shined here. She was working top pressure, submissions, she was doing great. Um, anywhere Maverick you know, tried to go, it seemed like Jillian Robertson was making the right corrections and keeping the back, keeping control. Um, you know, Maverick made it up for the last 30 seconds of the round, made it count, but I'd still give the round to Jillian Robertson for the top control takedown. Um, so yeah, one-to-one -one going into round three on my scorecard, uh, round three, uh, Miranda Maverick ends up on top, uh, spends a couple minutes on top in control of Jillian Robertson for a moment. It looked like Jillian was going to reverse it, but in the end had no luck. The fight gets back to the feet for the last minute. Uh, but, but Miranda Maverick just kind of overpowered, uh, Jillian Robertson for the remainder of the fight as she did in the first round on the feet. Uh, Miranda Maverick takes unanimous decision to win this fight. Coming into this fight, Jillian Robertson was at 15 in the rankings. Uh, Miranda Maverick was unranked, but it's safe to say with this win, she has burst her way into the rankings and seems to have a really bright future. She seems to have a really well-rounded game as well. Uh, I think it's safe to say if she isn't rushed up the rankings too quickly, she could do some great things in the division. Uh, at this point, she's put together a nice win streak, maybe four or five wins in a row two of them are in the UFC so she's 2-0 in the UFC um, so as far as what's next for her I see Macy Barber is sitting at 14 uh, Antonina Shevchenko is sitting at 12 and those are a couple of appealing opponents from Miranda, Miranda Maverick if you ask me um, it's tough to get fighters to fight downward in the ranking so I can see that being an issue but that's really always an issue um, you know so but at this point Maverick is undefeated in the UFC so I can see someone you know one or two rankings above 
willing to t- uh, to fight downward in the rankings just to uh, to make a point. So we'll see. Uh, but I'm excited to watch you know her career unfold. She's extremely talented, well-rounded, young, uh, I believe. So, you know, big things coming for her potentially. Third fight of the main card was a bantamweight bout between Sugar Sean O'Malley and Thomas Almeida. Two strikers. Round one was intense. O'Malley is so good and creative with his feints. He, he's not just feinting with his, his hands and shoulders, but he's, he's doing these turn-of-his-head feints where he looks away and looks back. Like, he just throws different things, and this isn't unseen before but this is things that are just very un- not they're not typical feints he's very creative um it's funny enough you know this works he, he knocks Almeida down halfway through the round he, and he starts walking off um I think he had a head kick to get him up against the fence hits him with a maybe left I believe maybe a right he, he was switching stances the whole fight uh, you know I didn't know if it was, he was protecting his leg but he usually does which has been an issue before his leg but he usually does switch stance a lot anyways. So I can't remember if it was the left or the right after the kick uh, to get Almeida up to the fence that knocked him down. But he's already walking off like he, uh, you know, walk off knockout. But Almeida wasn't done. And you got to wonder if this is a missed opportunity for Sugar to, to finish the fight. Because if he would have followed Almeida down to the ground, you can imagine that he was so out of it that he probably could have finished the fight right there against the fence. Um, we'll never know. Uh but, uh, you know, round one goes to O'Malley with that knockdown. Round two was closer, very back and forth. Uh, I was a bit unsure, and I feel guilty of saying I was waiting every second for Sean's, uh, Sean O'Malley's leg to give out. I think the last two, uh, two of the last three or four fights I've seen, he's had a leg injury. He won one of, the, uh, one of those. But you just wonder if this is a reoccurring injury. Has he, has he healed it properly? Has he had enough time off? Has he actually fixed the real problem? Is it a deeper ligament issue? You know, there's, there's a lot of questions. And I feel like I stared at his left ankle the whole time. I think left. Yeah, left ankle the whole time. It distracted me a little bit. And I got to say, he didn't look totally confident on it. I think he might even rolled it once, which is what happened in the last fight that he lost. So, you know, question marks there. But... um. Yeah, just, it, was, it was distracting in round two, and it was a close round. Uh, third round, Sean starts to walk away with this thing, though. He's looking better. I feel like as time went on in the fight, after that first little, you know, knockdown blooper where he walks off and should have finished him, second round was a little cold, but he's third round, he's starting to walk away with this thing. He sent a short left that knocked Almeida down again. Funny enough, he does his walk-off thing a second time. Not as much, though, as he sees again Almeida's not done. So... As soon as he noticed, he's not going to let that happen twice. He follows him down to the ground. Uh, one shot to the chin, and Thomas Almeida is out. So, you know, Sean O'Malley's obviously a big name in the sport. He gets a lot of attention, a lot of views. I think the UFC wants him to do well. Uh, and I think I can see UFC wanting to give him a top 15 opponent next. So let's talk about some options. The The rematch with Marlon Cheeto Vera is always there. And that's his last fight where uh, Marlon hit him in the leg you know he said it hit you know the nerve and his couldn't feel his leg and he rolled it a few times and so he says that's the reason he lost the fight that being said he still it's still from a, a damaging kick and, and sugar still went down and was knocked out so regardless but the, the issue is this sean still claims he's undefeated and that's his little you know shtick he's he's doing right now so you know because he blames it on a freak injury and again, while I'm not necessarily to weigh in on that, I'm not here to do that. Uh, he, if he's going to say he's undefeated, I think he's got to right that wrong. I think he's got to beat Marlon fair and square. 
um, or take it, take the loss fair and square. So that's Marlon. He's at uh, top. I think he's 15. Uh, you have Kyler Phillips at 14. He's on a 14, uh, sorry, four fight win streak. You have Marib Devalish Vili on a five fight win streak, sitting at 12. I can see those being some good, uh, you know, next opponents for Sean. If you go any higher up the ranking, though, in the Bantamweight division, which is really exciting right now, and it's really packed with good fighters, then you're going to be looking at your Jimmy Rivera's and your Dominic Cruz's. And at that point, I think that might be just rushing Sean just a little bit. Could he beat them? Possibly. But the issue here is when you have a rising star in the UFC, you need to make sure you're not rushing them. As, as, as I said with Miranda Maverick, you rush these people, they start biting off more they can chew. Uh, then you got a loss and you got two in a row. And all of a sudden the star is losing a lot of their, you know, their credit. So you got to be careful about that, especially when you've got Sugar Sean O'Malley, who has the potential to be a superstar. If he's not already, he's already a star and he's not even in the top 15. So, you know, let's talk about his potential there. You know, it's, it's really a bright future. Uh, just as bright as his hair. And, uh, you know, you don't want to rush the dude up the rankings. Um, like, a, you know, I'm not making fun of the hair. You know, he's got the look. Uh, he's got the striking skills. He's got the exciting style. He says he's working on jujitsu to where he's not going to be a one-dimensional fighter. So there's just really exciting, uh, you know, opportunities, potential for him in the future. I I'm a fan, so I, I, I wish him well, and I hope his legs are right. And I hope he, uh, if there is an underlying issue, which I'm not sure that there is anymore, uh, you know, let's hope he gets that fixed. All right, moving on. The co-main event of the evening, evening was a welterweight bout between Tyron Woodley and Vicente Luque. Tyron was coming off of a few losses that uh, he wasn't very active in. He seemed like hesitant to pull the trigger and not, not throwing those bombs that we're used to seeing, those rush combinations that we're used to seeing him throw that he beat Lawler with for the title that, you know, he throws at everyone. He even threw him at Wonderboy. Wonderboy survived those fights and people call him boring. But regardless, this rush bomb style that Tyron Woodley, Tyron Woodley is known for, the heavy wrestling style. He just hasn't been executing any of it in his last few fights. However, round one of this fight started off very differently. Tyron was pushing the pace as much as he could. He's throwing heavy letter. He's throwing bombs. He's doing all that he can. Uh, Luke gets him up against the fence, it seems like, to slow Tyron down because Tyron's pretty explosive in this fight, and it's actually very exciting as a person who used to enjoy watching you know, Tyron fight. Um, but uh, you know, Tyron's throwing bombs every chance. Uh, in a moment's notice, though, it might have been a slip punch back. I, yeah, I can't remember off the top of my head. Um, but Luke rocks Tyron Woodley. And now Tyron Woodley's out on his feet. It felt like forever. It might have only been a matter of three, four seconds in real time. But those seconds when the fighter's wobbling and they're on their feet like that, uh, it just it felt like forever. It seemed like it was over. So, you know... He gets the chance, gets Woodley down, and Luke took the opportunity to lock in. I think it was a Darth, a Darth choke on Woodley, who's never lost via submission. And uh, it just seemed like Tyron was so out of it, like, you know, wobbling on his legs down, seemed like he was just completely out of sorts. It was it looked really, really easy to lock in this Darth choke on Woodley. Um, so, you know, and then chokes Woodley taps. So that was the end of that fight, first round. Uh, you know, it... Woodley was throwing bombs. It was like his last fight ever. Maybe it is too, you know, but it was just exciting again to see Woodley actually pushing the pace, which was the exciting fighter that we, you know, fell in love with back in the day on his, you know, extremely, extremely uh, insane welterweight title run. He looked dominant for a while. Whether every fight was exciting or not, doesn't matter, but he always had the game plan during that championship run he had, and he was always, you know, 
dangerous, even if it wasn't always exciting for everyone. Um, so coming up short on this one has to be devastating for Woodley. You can chalk up the last ones to, you know, he wasn't engaging. He wasn't engaging. But this one he really was and still lost. Um, you know, so he went out as a shield, but, you know, it's devastating. So for Tyron, you wonder if this is it. That's four losses in a row now. Unfortunately, with this loss, it wasn't even to a top three contender like the other ones were. Those were the dominant, uh, you know, your champion, Usman. You know, I think he lost to Colby and... Uh, you know, <laughs> I can't, I can't remember, but this is the top three, you know? Um, so that's, that's the problem here. It's not even a top three contender. So retirement is an option. I saw a lot of people tossing that around. We'll see ultimately what he decides. Uh, like I said, the run he had at the top was great. He's a hall of famer in my mind. You know, he works the desk calling fights sometimes. He, uh, he's in Hollywood. I've seen him in a movie or two. Uh, you know, he's got his music career. Say what you want about that. But the point is this. I'm not sure if he needs to take any more damage. And above all, uh, you know, or equal to damage, you know, his legacy. You don't want to tarnish that. Because if, if he would have stopped the first time he lost after that dominant championship run he had as the welterweight uh, champion. Let's just say that if he walked away then, his legacy would have looked better than it is going to now after four losses in a row. So something he's got to keep in mind, obviously not for me to say. So Vicente Luque, uh, he's he's finally able to get a win over a dominant opponent. He always looks good against your 7 through 15 ranked fighters in the welterweight division. He's consistent there, but he could never cross that hurdle, that 5 to 7 hurdle getting into the top of the top. This time he's done it. You know, say what you want about where Tyron's at, but he's a name and he was at number 7. Now Luque's on a 3-fight win streak. Beating Woodley ranked at seven. I wonder if he'll try to get, um, you know, his loss to Stephen Wonderboy Thompson corrected. Uh, that being said, Stephen Thompson's looking, you know, I don't think he's going to look down. So he's calling out Usman, the champ, to get a title fight because he's the only one who hasn't been beaten by Usman. So you can see he's clearly looking up, up. And so Vicente, you know, going down to fight Vicente, it's not likely. Um, yeah, but for that, but but the problem is this. You know, the issue with the welterweight division in the top seven to five is is dominant. And Gilbert Burns was the fighter I was thinking about Tyron, you know, losing to earlier. But he's up there. Covington's up there. Masvidal's up there. Usman. So uh, these people aren't fighting down. They're all title contenders. Um, so that's a huge issue for Vicente Luque. I see Michael Chiesa at six, right above Tyron. But again, you wonder if he's interested in fighting down in the rankings. Um, anyone else in the top five, I can't see taking the fight. So you wonder if, if Luque has to, you know, have one uh, one more fight, make a bigger statement with an opponent potentially ranked near or below him to really catch someone's eye at the top of the welterweight division. He's not some trash talker. He's not some fighter everyone's talking about. So that's always an issue with, with dangerous guys who are coming up. Dudes above them don't need to look down unless it's a, a name or something exciting. They're coming off something exciting. So I don't know what's next for him. Uh, you know, maybe Kiesa Wonderboy, I guess if I had to say, because I don't see anyone else taking a fight with him and for good reason they're too high they're too close to that title so we'll see all right the main event was a heavyweight fight this is the second fight between your champion and arguably the greatest heavyweight of all time Stipe Miocic versus Francis the predator in Ganu the first fight was pretty lopsided in Stipe's favor so the question coming into this fight was how much was Ngannou grown uh, how much has Ngannou grown all around? We're talking his wrestling. We're talking his takedown defense, uh, grappling of all of all kinds. 
Um, and, and we know he can strike, but even his striking at times has looked a little reckless, even when he's, he's swinging huge bombs, but sometimes they're winging punches that you can see coming and he'll bum rush you and it's dangerous, but you could tell that Stipe all around was just a better fighter in the first fight. So in this fight, round one was extremely close. Francis landed a couple fight ending shots, but Stipe handled it perfect. He seemed to roll. When the shot came in, he's rolling with it. He's not taking the brunt of it, which is obviously smart when you're fighting, you know, such a heavy, heavy striker. Um, Francis was working this fight at a noticeably slower pace than their first bout, and it's definitely smart for a five-round fight. That's what you need to do. You can't gas out, as he did um, in the first fight too too soon. The number one moment to me was when uh, Francis stuffed Stipe's takedown and it wasn't necessarily full-on chain wrestling I don't believe but it wasn't just one one shot it was at least one chained in with the second possibly a third I, I don't want to go too far with that but the point was Francis was easily able to stuff it and that was a huge problem in the first fight so this is a huge moment this the moment he's able to take uh shake Stipe's takedown I think everyone knew this was a new and improved Francis so it was a lopsided round. One to, uh, one to zero, Francis going into round two. In round two, Francis lands the bomb. Stipe falls to the ground. Francis follows up with one last shot, skyscraper style down. Planted that on uh, Stipe's chin, out viciously cold. Um, and now you have Francis Ngannou, who is your new heavyweight champion of the world. It's a dominant performance, a scary, tense fight. Um, with Stipe, you wonder how much more he, he wants to fight, how much more he needs to fight. I'm not saying he needs to retire. I'm not even going there. Uh, but he's done well for himself as a champion. He's an active firefighter. I think he just had another kid or he's about to. Uh, so you wonder if he even needs to fight. But listen, if he chooses to, I'll be very excited to watch. I got to say, if he's going to fight, I believe he does deserve the rubber match, the trilogy fight with Francis Ngannou. Because he was your most dominant heavyweight champion in UFC history. Um, he had beaten Francis the first fight. It's one-to-one. -one. I think you got to run it back. I think that's all Stipe is going to want if he chooses to continue. Again, that's on him. He's not washed by any means, in my opinion. So, uh, does he need it? No. Is he able to be a dominant fighter? Possibly win again? Yeah, I think so. We'll see. He needs to heal, though. That was a, that was a bomb that he took. Two, a few bombs, you know. So, we'll see where he's at. For Francis, it seems John Jones is next. Dana White has been saying for a while that John fights the winner of this fight. I think Francis versus Jones does extremely big numbers. I personally would love to see the fight. I'd love to see it. It's extremely exciting. Uh, if Jones beats Stipe, his legacy is just further cemented as your greatest of all time. That would just be quite the mountain to to ascend and you know defeat. Um, if Francis beat Jones, you now have your next absolute superstar on your hands in the UFC and I can see reigning for a long time. If it's not Stipe, it's not uh, Jones. And we've seen that he's got takedown defense and potentially some wrestling and grappling, um, at least takedown defense. Then you're, then the dudes like your blades who are, who are kind of scary to people who he's beaten before, but you, you wonder about the takedown aspect, the wrestling game. If Jones can't do it and Stipe can't do it, this could be your champion for a long time. And he's going to be, he's big fucking scary. Uh, and let's be real, even the casuals, when they see bombs being thrown, they love it. When when not so much casuals, the fans like us can see him having a well-rounded game, then we're going to love it too. And and so it just seems that this is a superstar that the USC has on their hands. I would say with or without beating Jones, he's a superstar. 
now that he's your champion. But with a win over Jones, the sky's just the limit. Uh, you know, propel him into superstardom. Anyways, this is a great card. I enjoyed every single fight. I hope you all enjoyed the card, the fights. Thanks for being on this podcast. You know, I know that uh, a lot of you guys are on this channel for my music, and I know that this MMA portion of my channel is not big, but I I just enjoy doing it, and I enjoy you guys being here with me. So even the small group of us, I want to say thank you. Y'all mean a lot to me for watching this. Um, and uh, yeah, interact with me in the comments. Let's talk. Let's talk UFC, what's to come. If you disagree with anything I said, let me know. Let's talk about it. Uh, but again, thank you for being here, and I'll see you guys in the next one.